This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! You don't like that? You don't like NBA basketball! 360. Oh, hit him with the sauce. Got it! And one! Fires a long one. Nothing but net. Welcome to another episode of All Matt. I'm your host, Natalie, and most people call me Nat. So um, today I'm really excited to welcome one of my favorite, favorite, favorite people to follow on Twitter. His name is Brady Klopfer. I said that right, right? Nailed it. <laughs> um, as my new headphones are falling out. Anyway, um, I'm so excited to have Brady on today. Like I said, he's one of my favorite followers. And um he knows everything inside out dubs so we're gonna obviously be talking warriors as we always do but he's also excellent on the league at whole he covers WNBA. i'm gonna let brady tell you more about himself and where you can find his work so you know i don't want to be a disservice and let and, you know let him tell you about himself well thanks for having me first and foremost natalie i mean i got i got three favorites from you there you call me your, one of your favorite 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 Yep. people on twitter so that that's it's high true. praise coming from you nat is you you have a lot of good people on twitter and i see you interacting with a lot of people so you know i'm feeling oh, feeling like i'm part you. of a good club here um, <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh but yeah if people um want to read my uh warriors writing i have it at um golden state of mind i work for sb nation so you can find a lot of my stuff um occasional stuff at sbnation.com but most of my stuff is at golden state of mind which is our warriors site um i also have some wnba stuff at silverscreenandroll.com which is our lakers site but we also um me and sabrina merchant steal it for to cover some uh la sparks and get some wnba content out there in the world um and you can all find me on twitter um brady Klopp for nba Yes, and we'll, you know, obviously post that during the show, so um, you'll know where to find Brady. If you're not already following him, definitely do it. Like I said, he's excellent. I learned so much about basketball from reading um, his tweets and his work. He's really fair and reasoned and balanced in his analysis, something that some people may not think I always am. (laughs) Not that I'm a journalist, I'm not, but I certainly am, you know, I'm with the home team, so... uh, I really appreciate you having me on to bring your your intelligence to this discussion and all your knowledge. My pleasure. I'm so glad we're we're doing this. This is this is great. You're one of my favorite people to talk dubs with. So 
it's great to like not be confined to you know 260 characters and we can actually like have a conversation here about the warriors instead of you know two sentences at a time i got a favorite from brady okay good day so warriors are rolling we're three and oh hell yeah so i think that means we're gonna win the championship clearly (laughs) um steph is rolling he just got um western conference player of the week as the team looks good. I mean, obviously there's things to improve, but they look really good. The fan base is excited, right? And I feel like for many of us, it feels like validation because <laughs> <laughs> we've been saying it's going to be good, right? I mean, I definitely saw a lot of folks in the media saying we would still be, you know, struggling for the play-in spot. And maybe we will. It's only three games in. I don't think we will. But, you know, people weren't that high on us. And now I'm seeing the Dubs second in power rankings, and I'm I'm seeing you know Stephen A. Who you take that with a grain of salt, but I mean I've seen some like you know Zach, like people who like you kind of trust their basketball opinions maybe a little bit more, saying like we could be a contender, maybe go all the way. So, what are your thoughts so far in the season? Yeah, I mean I I agree with all of that honestly. Like I it is only three games, but I don't see how you can look at those three games and not think that the, the potential for this team is just crazy high right now um, without having integrated clay back into the fold at all. Like, obviously we don't know how he's going to look, but if he looks anything like what we've grown accustomed to watching from him, I don't see why this can't be a team that's a contender. And, and it is kind of funny that people were sleeping on them so right. much because I know it was like, a moderately disappointing year last year but like if you look at at the depth and not just the quality of the players but how well they fit the team like Kelly Oubre Jr I think he's a he's a pretty decent player but he was just a horrible fit on the team Brad Wanamaker horrible fit on the team like you can the amount of time they played James Wiseman who as a rookie was not ready for that role and was not a good fit with what he was bringing to the table. And now you right. replace them with people like Andre Iguodala and Nemanja Bialica and Otto Porter Jr. They're just like, even if you don't think they're better players, they're just better fits for the way the Warriors like to play basketball. Um, and then they were playing so well at the end of last year. I think they went 15 and five in yep. the last 20 games before the play-in. So, um, you know, they're probably not going to like maintain that win pace, but I think people probably should have looked at that as a little bit indicative of it because that's that happened when Steve Kerr started to tailor his rotations a little bit more to the people who fit the team, like a little more Damian Lee, a little bit more before the COVID, a little when more when they were chasing with, wins, you mean? Yeah, when they when they were finally chasing <laughs> wins, and suddenly they started getting those wins, and like Jordan Poole ascended, and like people obviously I don't think should have looked at last season and been like the Warriors will be that team again because Jordan Poole was horrible for the first few months of last season and he was really good for the last few months like it should be pretty clear what version of Jordan Poole we were going to get this year right so there's just so many different areas where they should have improved and they have and I don't I don't think that should be surprising for people even though it is but you know people have such a hard I'm not trying to go on a rant here Nat but like people have such a hard time with this like they have so much difficulty separating what happened in the last year or two from what's going to happen this year or next year. Like even last year that happened with 
you know, the Warriors coming off of the 15 and 50 season where Steph was injured the whole year. I saw so many people being like, oh, I think the Warriors are going to miss the playoffs because they were so bad last year. Like, well, obviously they were bad last year. They didn't have Steph Curry. Exactly. Why are you just, but people have a hard time. Like you have, you get used to how a team is and you kind of just assume that that's who they are until they prove differently. Even if there are a lot of reasons to believe that a team one year is different than the team they were the year before. But like we kind of get stuck with our little like preconceived notions like, ah, oh, this is a mid team and they're a mid team until they prove that they're not a mid team. Right. I so, think it's I okay mean, to project betterness, you know? You're a little bit more um, <laughs> reasonable than me. I mean, you give people the benefit of the doubt because I'm I was not curious pers- what word you were going to use there. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's not the word I wanted to use. Not because I'm, I'm not thinking of the right word. Not that I had like the worst word in mind, but it's like, I don't, it's not, it's on the tip of my tongue and I can't think of what I'm trying to say, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't presume such innocent intent, like with the, That's with, with the, um, they just can't like separate because when LeBron and the Lakers didn't miss the season, when they, when they didn't make the playoffs rather, because he went down that first year in LA, I didn't see anyone disqualifying them. That's the very year. true. That is very <laughs> um, true. And it's, to me, it's a theme with Steph and the Warriors, right? Like he just, it's never, he never gets the, the, the same, he's never given the benefit of the doubt or after everything that he's done, he's never viewed like the other stars. Like, I don't think if Katie was the lone person remaining, that we would have been coming into the season saying that the Warriors are going to miss the playoffs. They probably would have said, Katie's going to carry them and put them on his back and bring them, right? If, if there's some kind of bias towards Steph, for I have a number of theories and reasons why I believe this, <laughs> but it's, it, you know, it's to me, it's very apparent and clear. And if what frustrates a lot of people in the fan base and gets people like me riled up you know and uh it's just frustrating to see so like that's why I said like some of this just feels like vindication right we still have a long season to go but it's just like why would you guys have expected anything less it like doesn't make sense to me yeah I mean vindication is a great word for it because like we're still dealing with the ridiculous narrative that Steph can't carry a team which is just so like it's past funny and on to just like awful um, but cause, cause you're totally right about that. And, and, you know, with KD, it's like, how many times do we hear that the Warriors can't be contenders because they don't have KD anymore. They're not the team they were there as though people have entirely forgotten what happened the two years before right. KD came when it was Steph and Clay and Ray who right. were all st- and Iguodala and Looney who are all still there. Um, so yeah, like, I, I think that's totally fair. Like I, I, Yeah that Steph doesn't get the credit for that, that he does deserve. You know, I heard someone earlier today, I don't know if you ever hop into like the, the hoop spaces. It's like a, they keep doing them. It's this guy, Chris, has handled hoop spaces. Mm-hmm. I think he's a Sixers fan, but he's been having like these hoop spaces every morning around, I want to say 10 Eastern. You may not even be up at that time, but um, <laughs> he has these spaces and he has like people like fan bases from like people from all the different fan bases, some media. It's really great. And everyone's, in and there'll be different topics for the day and we discuss them 
But today was about who was coming out of the West, and he's kind of high on the Warriors. He's a Sixers guy, but he's still high on the Warriors. And there were people in there just saying things that I found, like, inexplicable. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like, I mean, I don't really see it. Like, yeah, Clay is coming back, but what really made the Warriors go was, like, Andre and, 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 and Sean, and you guys lost those guys. Well, um, Andre's on the team currently, and I'm pretty certain that Sean, with all due respect, is not going to be the reason why the Warriors cannot contend again. Like, it was just some of the most ridiculous things that I heard. And I was just like, why are we still doing this? You know, there was a guy, he was saying, like, you know, he's still talking about, like, how Steph's, you know, MVP was hardened. And I, look, I'm not going to, like, go back down, like, all of these silly old narratives. But it just, it was really shocking for me to hear that there are people who still think like this um so yeah it's gonna be a fun season like I already see like the narrative starting it's just you know it's fun so I'm really excited you said a few things when you started that like were interesting to me one is Kelly Oubre because you touched on him um because the fan base like they kind of still go at him now that he's gone you know and I thought I think it was fair what you said that he just didn't fit, but he's not necessarily like a bad player. Um, because I agree with that, but I don't think most people, or I don't think a lot of the people on Dub's Twitter agree with that. Um, why do you think Kelly didn't work out on the Warriors? I mean, he doesn't fit, but what are the reasons why it didn't work? Honestly, I think like, I see it as two things. I think the first, I think the biggest reason was it is just kind of a complex offense that they run and like it doesn't always look very complex but for the players it's incredibly complex because Steph plays at such a ridiculous speed that you have to be able to make the right reads fast enough and and be able to get there like mentally and then physically as well in a very quick amount of time and that's just a thing that's very hard for most players and I think because the warrior system is kind of unique in that way, I think it's hard to see if a player is going to, to fit into that until you actually get them on the team and see how they do and, and, and get them in practices and whatnot. And this is slightly tangential, but it was, I think it was Marcus Thompson. Maybe it was Ethan Strauss, but I think it was Marcus who had an article like a few years ago. And he mentioned when the warriors had Jason Thompson on their team, for a very brief stretch a few years ago. And a lot of people were excited about Jason Thompson, thought he was going to be pretty decent. He, it didn't work out. They cut him after like a week. And Marcus said something that was like, basically the team couldn't admit this out in, you know, in public, but what everyone knew behind the scenes was that he just couldn't keep up. Jason Thompson just couldn't keep up with the system, couldn't make the reads on time, couldn't, make the decisions fast enough to keep up with Steph and Clay and Iguodala and whatnot. And I think that was kind of it for the main thing for Kelly Oubre was that like, he has so much talent and sometimes you just don't have the skill set or you don't see the game the right way, not even the right way, but the same way the same as way. the, as the system needs you to. And, you know, he's never been a good passer. That's always been the weakness in his game. And he's not the isolation scorer that Andrew Wiggins is. So he can't really make up for the passing deficiencies that way. Um, so I think it was just clunky. 
from there. And then I think the second smaller reason was he just got off to such a bad start and he missed so many threes. And then at that point, especially in a system like that, that requires you to be intuitive and kind of carefree almost, and really just free flowing. Once you start that, you know, like four for 50 or whatever he had from the three point line last year, then you're like in your head, you're, you're doubting yourself. You start not trusting your first instincts and it's all kind of downhill from there. So yeah, I I don't think it's really an indictment of him. Honestly, I think it's just like, it's a unique style and, and you see some players who fit it really well. And you see some players who just, it just doesn't work with them. And I think he's just a player who doesn't work with them. And you look at him now in Charlotte, I mean, only four games into the season, but he's, he's done really well in Charlotte so far this year. He's shooting well, he's scoring a lot. He's, he's doing a lot of little things. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I, he I think started it's... to get killed a little bit for the game last night. I didn't catch it. I don't know what happened at the end because Charlotte, did you watch it? I watched a little bit of it this morning. I watched like some of it last night and some of it this morning. They ended up losing in overtime. It like gave up like 20 points in overtime or something. Yeah. I saw Kelly getting a lot of blame for it. I don't know how valid that is, but I, you know, and that seemed to make Dubs Mansfield so like, uh-huh, I'm glad he's not my problem anymore. So I felt bad for him, you know, like I didn't think he deserved it, but whatever, you know, I think, I think he will be better in Charlotte though. So, you know, good for Kelly and, you know, we move on. Um, the other thing you said was Belly's name, which I still struggle to pronounce. So can you um, <laughs> tell me what that is? So I can <laughs> just call him Belly. <laughs> no, I believe I could have this wrong. I believe it's Nemanja Bielica. Bielica. Okay. Nemanja. All right. But Belly is such a cool name that it's kind of like, why even say the whole thing when you can just say Belly? That's just right. Such How a good name. Belly? So I've had this, I've had this discussion with a lot of people because I'm very curious the best way to spell it. <laughs> the most common way I've seen is B J E L I because that's just like the first the way it would be if you just cut his name off to to that part of it. But I like just spelling it like the word belly like the body part I, I think that's just funnier and you spell it b-e-l-l-y i do like sometimes in tweets I, in articles if i well i guess i don't usually use his nickname in articles okay um, but if i did i think i would spell it b-j-e-l-i just because that seems more professional but okay i've been spelling it b-e-l-i and i've t- taken out the second is it a g oh, or I like a that. J. yeah okay um, again, I don't know what's right. We'll see what catches on. Um, so, someone will have to ask him. But nicknames are hard like that, right? Because it's like, like this. This happened with Colin Kaepernick. Like it was a huge thing because his name is K A E P. But when he shortened it to Cap, everyone would shorten it to K A E P, and he was like, "No, it's K A P." If you're gonna call me Cap, right? So like, and I was like, like, "What?" Yeah, I never like, understood where, that. Where'd you get that? Where'd it's that come like- from? It's even like Kyrie, who I know is like a taboo name to say right now, but like I call him Kai a lot and I just said KY because that's short for Kyrie. But now uh-huh. I see that it's K-A-I and I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> and then I, I saw his Instagram the other day and I was like, oh, it actually says K-A-I in his Instagram profile. Like I don't follow him on Instagram, but I, I looked at his page and I was like, oh, okay, I'll start saying K-A-I. That's so interesting wonder how people arrive at that yeah I, I you know I don't get it you know nicknames are funny but I do like to respect like 
people's individual like how they like to be called and names yeah. so like andre he does not like people calling him iggy so i will not do it but people, people have not figured that out it. he but, says yeah. it so much i won't do it it's yeah i i don't do it either but it's it's, it's wild to me how many people do that like he's made it clear so many times and it's never made a dent in people calling him in it no it hasn't i call him dre or andre but i don't call him so whatever okay so we have a couple of games coming up i really want to focus on the memphis matchup but i don't want to just like overlook okc um i don't have they won any games yet this season i don't think so okay i'm not sure they're going to to be honest (laughs) All right, but we play I don't them want to twice. jinx the Warriors here, but right. I'm, I'm not sure the Thunder are going to win a game. We play them twice this week. Um, so, I don't know, maybe we'll glean something from the first game for the second game. But, I mean, I mean, they have, like, Shy there, right? And then is there and anybody? That's it. that's it. That's, yeah. I think they're really their only other notable player, I think, is Josh Giddy, who they – took with the sixth pick so one pick ahead of jonathan kaminga um doing so far i haven't heard him mention that much as a he's he's been decent like he's been starting because they just they have nobody um so he's been like starting and getting minutes and he's been kind of playing like a rookie like you know the struggles you would expect but he's like putting up a lot of points getting a lot of assists and rebounds like he seems like a really good player uh something came out i don't i don't know how accurate this is because um it's not a great source, but like someone interviewed his dad a few mm-hmm. days ago and his dad was talking about how he was kind of surprised that the Thunder took him at six because he thought for sure that the Warriors were going to take him at seven. So, and like he, he claimed that the Warriors had like told them that if he was available at seven, that they were going to pick him. So who knows if that's at all. Um, Maybe, but that would assume that the OKC, I guess, took Kaminga, yeah, right? I think so. Mm, so I guess they were locked in on one of those two. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, sorry. We got Kaminga and I kind of <laughs> like him. I mean, I say that just because I was worried based on like the way people were talking about him before yeah. we drafted him. And I think so far, I mean, I mean, he's hurt right now, obviously, but I've been pleased with what I saw like for a rookie and he has like a lot of potential, it seems. He was a lot better at summer league than I was expecting. Um, like he looks super raw to me. Like I would be pretty surprised if he is kind of contributing anything this year, but he really seems to have all-star potential. Like his athleticism is ridiculous. He has such good handles for someone his size. He's so explosive. Um, I think he was horrible defensively last year in the G League, but you know, you're an 18 year old in the G league, you kind of expect that, but like he has all the tools to be a ridiculous defender with his strength and, and athleticism and whatnot. So yeah, I think he could be really good. I'm, I'm excited to see. I hope that he gets healthy and then that the warriors like have some blowouts so that he can actually get some minutes because I doubt that he's going to get them otherwise. So I, 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 I want you to help me settle something and we're probably going to settle it during this. Discussion, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> because it's going to be ongoing until Wiseman shows something, right? Um, every fucking time LaMelo plays a game, I have to see constant tweets about 
how the Warriors made a mistake. And even this morning, I saw some tweets that kind of annoyed me because it was like, this could be like the biggest blunder since, you know, I forgot what they compared it to. Maybe it was the Pistons, I think, you know, taking Darko. Is that what it's saying? Oh, right? when they took Darko Milicic instead of Dwayne Wade and Carmelo and. Yeah, and, uh, like, I actually don't think that's a good analogy, like, just because I think, I feel like people ignore the roster that was existing at the time. Like, I understand how great LaMelo looks, um, and I know there were reports about some of the decision-making that went into the management process that frustrated people, like, that Wiseman speaks multiple languages and, you know, shit that just doesn't seem relevant. And, and who knows how heavy of a factor that those were. I do think on some level they were drafting for fit. Um, and people have their theories about that, right? But I feel like there's a lot of revisionism going on because Wiseman was a consensus top three pick. You know, um, I think there were reports that Charlotte even would have drafted him if, you know, so it, it's just interesting to me now how everyone just knows it was like the wrong pick. It was so obvious in the moment, um, you know, and I'm just like, Clay was going to be coming back regardless to the team. And at some point, the fit would have become an issue. I'm not saying that. I don't know who's more talented. I don't I don't like to make that kind of determination about a player so young so soon. So I don't think that's fair. I understand what we've seen so far out of the two. But like I just don't see how people ignore it. Maybe I'm crazy, but like I just think there would have been fit issues like once play came back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like I think it I think it would be less of an issue than I initially thought at the draft. Um, just because Lamelo has become like as good of a shooter as he's become, um, that I think you know with his height, it would be weird. But I think they could they could make it work. You know, have Steph playing off ball a bit, have Lamelo guarding twos or threes, and and playing a little bit off ball. But can yeah, he guard I mean, twos or threes? I mean, I don't think he can guard anyone to be honest. But like, at this point, but he has the height too. If he ever. I mean, he, he's gotten really tall, but he's a horrible defender. So, like, yeah, pr- probably can't guard anyone at the moment. But, um, I mean, I think I agree with you. Like, I would, I would be interested to see it. Like, I think they could make the fit work just because, like, their system has worked so well with people who can pass well and shoot well and push the ball up the court. So I think they could ultimately make it work. But I do think the criticisms are just – they're over the top and they're just not like fair. I think it's a lot of, you know, hindsight bias and a lot of people who I'm sure were not saying these things last year no. at the draft and they're saying them now. And, and like, to your I point, I say this like, all also- the time. Jason Maples was the only person who I said draft mellow. He was saying mellow <laughs> first pick. I did not see anyone else like so high on mellow. I do know when Clay went down, you started to hear people say, well, maybe they should draft him. Mm. And they were like, no, you stick with whatever you were going to go with because Clay is coming back. So I don't think, you know, it just wasn't this like definitive decision the way people are making it seem. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. No, not at all. But like when people bring that up about Clay, it's so ridiculous because it's like every draft class has like, (laughs) 
maybe two players that are actually going to contribute immediately, right? Like last year it was like Lamelo ended ended up contributing because he was given such a big role, but like he was bad for the first few months. Like I mean, right. he had highlights and looked like he would be good eventually, but like he wasn't helping them win games the first few months. I think like Tyrese Halliburton might have been the only player last year who actually contributed to a team winning so it's like you can't that would be the stupidest thing a front office can do would be to draft to try to fill the hole of a player who is injured for one year like you you can't use a number two pick to try to replace clay thompson that year if you want to try to use a number two pick to replace clay thompson you have to be thinking like three to five years down the road not for that year so that line of thinking is just ridiculous to me um, from the start. And the other line of thinking, like on that, like on that note, I was really high on Lamelo going into the draft. Um, I thought, I thought that he was going to end up being the best player. I didn't, I didn't really project this because I don't do much draft stuff, so I don't like to pretend I have a smart opinion here. It's like I either get lucky or I'm stupid. Um, but I was really high on Lamelo going in. But okay. even with that, like. He was a 25% shooter his last year before he came over. He was like 140 pounds soaking wet. I didn't, I don't think anyone, even the people who were high on LaMelo, I don't think anyone expected him to be good this early. Like, I think the consensus was this guy might be the best player talent from the draft. He might be an all-star in five or six years. No one thought he was going to be that good as a rookie. No one thought he was going to be as good as he is now as a second-year player. Versus Wiseman, even though he was young and only had the three college games, the kind of consensus with him was this guy's 7-1. He already has a good jump shot. He has ridiculous athleticism. There's no reason why he can't just be, at worst, a pick-and-roll guy who plays 15 minutes a night and shoots like 75% from the field. Um, right. which I think is still a very likely possibility that he comes back this year and, and is a quality guy in, in short bursts. So, you know, anyone who was, anyone who claims that the Warriors should have picked LaMelo Ball because he would have been better for like maximizing their current title window is they're making stuff up because they didn't see how good he was going to be this quickly. Cause, cause no, one right. you just, you don't expect a 19 year old to do that. The other thing I'm seeing is people are like, you know, to extend it or for like the future. And again, I might be like in the minority on this, but like, I don't think Steph is retiring anytime soon. Oh. I really don't. He's not dropping off anytime soon either. It doesn't look exactly. like. Exactly. And so I'm just like, the way that I see it is it worked out the way it should because Mello is that good that he deserved his own team to have a team turned over to him yeah. and to do it. That was not going to happen on golden state it just wasn't you know um it's not even if like he it's not even like okay well does he become the number two or the number three he just wasn't going to be the number one anytime soon and i don't even see that he would have wanted to stay if that was the case because we well you know his father and i'm just saying like i'm sure his father would have been in his ears but he's also deserving and worthy of his own team he's that level of transcendent talent it appears and so yeah like I, I really don't have an issue with it at all. Like it's not even like a, I'm just like defending my team because you know I am no defender of this front office. But <laughs> um, I just I, I, I think it's fine. You know, like I'm not yeah. concerned about it. And I think 
I think I like the fact that we have a young core that's going to be developing under our main core. You know, I think Wiseman still has a lot of potential. I don't know what that will be, but I think he still has potential. Kaminga looks like he has great potential. Moody's very solid right now, you know, and Jordan is older than them, but still fully young. And you have all these guys to like come up. And I just, I think that's great for us. You know, I don't think the Pistons had like a young core that was coming behind those guys, you know, and you still have like Steph and definitely Clay at least. I mean, I don't know how Dre is going to age, right? He's always going to be a smart player, but just the role that he plays over time, I don't know how long his body will hold up, but you know, we have to see what Clay looks like coming off an injury, but his game and Steph's game, it's just, it lends itself to a longer career. And nowadays, I just really feel like people need to stop saying they're 33. There's like LeBron is still playing. Chris Paul is still playing like this. These players are going to play longer than the players of the previous generation. So like we need to stop acting like 33. Now their career is almost over. It's not. And so I'm not that concerned about like extending the title window because I think the title window is going to be there for at least another five, six years. That's my opinion. Yeah. At a minimum. That's a great point because, yeah, we are just in a different era medically. Um, and it is kind of silly to just assume that players are going to just drop off a cliff once they hit 31 or 32 or whatnot. We have, we have so many. I mean, LeBron and CP3 are obviously like the shining examples, but there are a lot of other examples. Like, there are a lot of players who maybe they're only like 70 to 80% of the player that they were in, in their late 20s, but are still all star caliber players in their mid 30s late 30s even and and i think it's silly to just put any timeline really on on when that decline is going to come and when they're going to need to to usher in kind of a new era because really i think every front office should be trying to win and if you have a core that's capable of winning you should just be riding that core until they tell you otherwise like you you can't start projecting that you're not going to win games that's a that's a bad way to do it. You gotta you gotta keep trying to win until you get hit in the face by the reality that you can't do it anymore. And then you find a backup plan or whatnot. And you know, that's why you draft the young players. That's why you keep them. Like some people hated that they kept them, some people loved that they kept them. And you know, whatever the reasoning behind it, like that's why you keep a Wiseman and a and a Kaminga and a Moody and hope that one of them does hit for either maximizing the window now or extending it in the future and as far as like like to go back a tiny bit to the Wiseman and mellow thing like i'm trying to think how to say this without just like yelling at people um <laughs> you don't have to be politically correct on here all right that's good that's good. i know you have to maybe for your job but you know not with me you know it, it, it's good to get on here and rant a little bit every every team and every draft has so many misses it's just such an inexact science that it's like anyone i get so annoyed by the people who who that you were mentioning earlier who every time lamello has you know a 30 point game they got a quote tweet the highlights warriors could have had this guy instead they got wiseman i'm sorry that is every team and every draft like steph was the seventh pick clay was a late lottery pick dre was a second round pick so many teams missed on those guys Giannis was like 14 or 15 Kawhi was 14 or 15 like there are very very few 
LeBron James's and Anthony Davis's where you go, this guy is definitely the top pick. Take him. It's going to work well. LaMelo was not that guy. No one in the draft was that guy. It just wasn't that draft. And like, you, you take the number two pick and every, every single year you take the number two pick, assuming that there is going to be somebody better than the guy you're drafting. Like that's just the reality. It's very, very, very rare that the number two pick is going to be better than three through 60. Right. You know, unless Kevin Durant is, you know, maybe, maybe the only one. And it, it, so it, it's just, and he wasn't even the number one pick. Right. He wasn't the number one pick. He was, someone thought that Greg Oden would be better. They were wrong. It was defensible at the time. It just didn't work out. And so, I don't know. I, I get very annoyed by that type of analysis where, where you look at any player behind the person that your team drafted and criticize your team for not drafting that player. Like, this is n such a crapshoot. It is not it even is. close to an exact science. And there are so many factors that impact, especially in a COVID year where, like, these players weren't getting to do normal workouts. They weren't getting right. to have normal, you know, combines and things like that. It's just, if you, if you want to say that, that the Warriors were stupid for not drafting LaMelo Ball and you want to bring that up every time LaMelo Ball does something good, then let's just like start going down the list and look at all the other years where they took someone where someone better was available behind it. Because other than Steph, Dre, and Clay, it might just be every draft that they've taken someone where someone else behind that player was better. Cause it's just how it goes. Like you have to. I mean, to, we were doing that with Jordan Poole for so long. And now, yeah. right? He's like a popped and now everyone's pleased. But we were like, they got to have this guy. They could have that guy. Absolutely. And There's so many players who might not even be in the league anymore in their third year who people are going, oh, we could have had this guy instead of Jordan Poole. So it's, I, you know, I'm not losing any sleep over not drafting LaMelo. And um, I think people think that we are. I mean, maybe some fans are, but I'm not um it just annoys me because like honestly and I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I'm the nicest like person always on Twitter but <laughs> it's just like I feel bad because I mean Wiseman came off of social media like I'm sure the noise was getting to him and what I don't want him to do which there was a little I felt going on last season like the force feeding him the you know the lobs and then yeah you know like there, I mean, his hands weren't good, but some of it also, they were just bad passes, but there was just like a very concerted effort to force feed him that used to mm -hmm. drive me crazy during games and not just letting him get like, you know, possessions like naturally in the flow of the offense. And so I don't want him coming and trying to do like too much, like literally <laughs> with this team can like easily probably get like eight, 10 points and like grab seven or eight boards, probably even more. Like it's just, you know, and be a lob threat. Like you literally can do that. It'll be so easy for him. Yeah. So I just don't want him doing too much, you know? Um, that's how I feel. I hope he is could defend a little bit. Obviously that would be great. Um, be nice. shots, right. But I mean, he can help this team and you nailed it earlier when you said like in spurts and that's how I feel. Like if they figure out, like, it's kind of like Baysmore, right? I mean, he's better than Baysmore, but that's not what I mean. Like, Baysmore was really good for us at the beginning of last year when he was using like a limited amount mm -hmm. and then when we had to start using him more and more 
it was like more painful. And yeah. so I expect Wiseman to progress, but I think if they strike the right balance of like the minutes and how to use them, I think he can really like, you know, increase, you know, our ceiling actually. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, I'm assuming that Steve Kerr learned from last year and even when Wiseman is healthy, he'll not be the starter. Um, and I think that helps him so much and helps the team so much because like, I think one of the big issues for him last year was he's starting. So he's not only are you lined up against the best center every night because you're going up against the starters, but you're just going up against a default starting lineup versus if you're coming off the bench, you can really get picked and used in perfect spots. And like, that's how coaches should coach with their benches. And like, we saw this in the last Warriors game, right? We're like Gary Payton, the second played, I think 17 minutes um, against the Kings on Sunday after playing 10 seconds in the first two games, because right. it was just a matchup that made more sense for his talents. You know, Sacramento right. was full of perimeter scores, perimeter playmakers, um, and the Warriors, you know, didn't have Iguodala, of course. So like that he opened did. the door for him. He was but great. Yeah, he minutes. was really good. And that's like the great thing about being a bench player is, you know, I think a lot of people like to get on Steve Kerr for, for having kind of inconsistent roles for players off the bench and kind of like some guys are getting like 25 minutes one night and 10 minutes the next night. And maybe some of those criticisms are fair, but I think, you know, if you're really doing a good job with your bench, you're treating it like a puzzle and you're putting different players in to different scenarios where they're going to have success. And so I think Wiseman, you know, that will really benefit him and it will really benefit the team if he's coming off the bench and Steve Kerr is able to put him in positions where you go, you can exploit this player, you can exploit this matchup, you know, you can get down the floor faster than, you know, Ennis Cantor or something like that. And you can right. really take advantage of that. And when you're in the starting lineup, you, you don't have that luxury. Right. So I, I'm looking forward to see what he can do in, in a role that hopefully is just a little bit more tailored for success to him. Cause, cause he really got thrown into the deep end last year. And I don't think that was, good for him and it no. definitely wasn't good for the team no i mean i like a lot about the season and i'm getting a lot of the tweets like so now are you gonna give steve credit steve kerr any credit now <laughs> and i was like i will not do a damn thing because <laughs> what my criticisms were valid of him last year um no but like i really love the kenny atkinson hire um yes Kenny it was one of the people when people would always say to me, oh, if you replace Steve Kerr, who do you want? And I'm just like, call me crazy, but I like Kenny Atkinson. You know, I, I've always thought he was a great coach. And so I was really happy for that pickup. And I do like that they got some coaches to focus on Wiseman's development. So mm -hmm. all of those moves like made me really happy. And our pickups have been great. I mean, I know there's always a gamble with health, but I'm, I'm kind of feel like and I understand the history of like players like Otto Porter, but I'm like, why is our team always a team that's talked about when it comes to like foot health? I'm like, I mean, yeah. are we not concerned about like health issues for the freaking Lakers? Like right? why is this <laughs> our team? I don't understand. And so, and there are others, but I mean, like to me, you should legit have concerns about them. Russ has been like injured like several years now and out Anthony Davis. LeBron has been two of the last three years. I saw an article where he was like having some soreness, like, you know, in that ankle, like high ankle sprains, we know how they are. And he's, he is 30, however old he is that people love to always tell me. So, you know, like 
I'm not saying like I don't wish injury on anyone, but like the injury risk to me, I don't think is like so much more greater for our team than anyone else's. And it's always just like, I mean, yeah, the wars, but so so much depends on like, you know, this and that and that. Like everything with us is always harder. It's always like, oh, but this and oh, it depends on how this person looks and oh, but this, but this. But I get tired of that shit, yo. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. Every <laughs> fucking team requires some damn injury luck, okay? But yep. barring injury, like, our team is fucking legit. And you know what? I think our team is legit even without Clay, which is why I'm so excited for Clay to come back, you know? Like, yeah. it's going to be great. You know, like, Otto, like, he hasn't, like, had that game yet in terms of scoring, but he's still been, like, has a great net rating. He's still been, like, good in his minutes. Mm-hmm. He was boards the other night yeah. and and you know like like we just mentioned like you know gp2 like he came out he was great you know and like jordan had a a quiet night the other night but it was like a quiet good night you know yeah. it, was, um, it was really good yeah and so i mean you you've seen a lot of his young you know he's been a little too like i don't know what the word is but like he needs to slow down a little bit you he gets know, a little uh, overly ambitious sometimes <laughs> Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And so, but he's like, that's going to happen. He's going to, like, he's a young player, so he's developing. But he's been good. Um, Belly has just been, I mean, uh, I mean, you couldn't have asked for more, you know? Like, he's he's been amazing. Yeah, and Andre, like, he shut me right up because I was not a Warriors fan (laughs) who was like, bring Andre back. I'm like, look, I love Andre. That is my guy. He should have a statue. But, like, what is this fucking nostalgia like? He, like, because he didn't look great in Miami, you know? And so, no, he looked really bad in Miami. I just wasn't sure really what he was going to be able to come back and get us. And I wasn't a fan of having him just to, like, you know, help with the development of young guys. Because mm-hmm. while that's important, I just didn't feel like we had a roster space to give up for that. Like, yeah. we're not the Miami Heat. We can't just be giving up a spot for, like, Hassan Whiteside <laughs> to, like, stay there and, like, be Hassan Whiteside. So, not Whiteside, um, the other guy. <laughs> You know Haslam. what I'm talking about. Haslam. Ha- like, you know, we don't we don't have that luxury. So um but like I've been pleasantly surprised with with Andre. He definitely has something left in the tank. And so that's great. I mean, they look good. Trey is being aggressive, which is what we want. I mean, really nice aside from the turnovers, which is not really news to this team, um I've been so impressed, even with the way they've been winning, right? Like the bench has extended the lead um, while Steph is sitting. They've, and then sometimes they've like lost it and then got it back and just, they've been steady, you know? And like each yeah. game has looked different. It hasn't been Steph just going off for each game. It, it's been really good. I, I've really enjoyed watching them so far. I'm really proud of the team. Yeah, they've, they've been fun, which is like last year. Last year was fun, I think, because Steph was, just ridiculous yeah and the defense was fun but the offense was not fun to watch last year it was it was painful it was it was kind of a slog fest to like get through that those possessions they were just really ugly and 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 this year even in the first preseason game you know the whole time all through the preseason and all through these first three games it's just looked like a different offense and the results haven't always been there. Like, like you said, they're still a big turnover issue. Um, there have been some off nights shooting from 
everyone I think at this point has had yep. at least one if not two off night shooting but the looks are there the ball is moving there's penetration there's aggression there's the extra pass and it's to me it's almost just like relieving because it was like it felt like a chore sometimes to watch their offense last year and yeah. it just felt like so much work to watch it and I know it was and, hard and this year it's fun it's like e even if it's even if the shots aren't going in the offense is at least you want to watch it and that's a nice yeah thing. they look good I think right now they're like fifth an offense if I when I checked and something like, like that, yeah. 13 in defense where do you think the defense is going to be this year because I mean I think that's people's biggest concerns when you lose players like uh Oubre and Baysmore although I think that's a little bit overstated but do you think they can maintain and be a top 10 defense I think they can I'm I mean first off I just have that much faith in Draymond Green um to be honest like I just think I just think he's such a phenomenal defender and one of the few guys who really impacts the entire team defense and not just the position he's defending. Um, exactly. I'll be curious to see how their defense does with the amount of small ball it looks like they're going to play. Um, sometimes in the past, that's really given them just an unstoppable defense. And sometimes it's been more like the trade-off where you know you're not going to play great defense, but you're going to score so many points that it doesn't matter. Right. Um, so I'm curious to see how that works out. But ultimately, I mean, I think it'll work well in small ball. And you've got Draymond Green in all those small ball lineups. You've got Kevon Looney, who's a very good defender when you go big. Um, Andrew Wiggins, I think, has, has struggled a bit in these first few games defensively, at least relative to what we're used to from him. But I kind of chalk that up to some of the issues that he was dealing with in, in training me? camp. Yeah, with his knee. So, like, I'm I assuming that's good that's on Fox the other night. Actually. Yes, yes, that was a, a big step because the first two games were pretty rough. Admittedly, like, really difficult players to defend and playing both LA teams. Um, so that's probably part of it. But like, he'll bounce back and be a, a quality defensive player. And the guys off the bench, you know, Porter's a good defender. Iguodala's certainly looking like he's still a good defender. Um, GP two obviously is great there. JTA is really great. Um, and then whenever they get, you know, clay back, that is going to help. Like, I don't know how, how good of a defender clay is going to be recovering right. from these injuries, but I think it's pretty safe to say he's going to be better than Jordan Poole. Right. Um, but even Jordan Poole, you know, especially against Sacramento, that, that to me was one of the better defensive performances we've ever seen from him. Um, which is, you know, low bar is low, but like, he's making really great strides. I think, I think Mike Brown said yesterday that it was that pool has by far made the biggest defensive gains of of any player on the team this year um okay. so so that's good so yeah i think they can be top 10 for sure I, it's just a matter of i think it's it's kind of a matter of what lineups do they decide to play because like sometimes your best defensive lineups are so poor offensively that it's not worth playing them and like if you have to settle for being like the 11th best defense, because that's what gives you a top three offense, then I'm fine with that. But I think, you know, especially in the closing quarters, when they're able to kind of go to their death lineups of sorts, I think they'll really be able to lock down. And, and ultimately Draymond Green is, is such a key for unlocking 
interesting defenses. And I think that that's really going to help them against the good teams or against the playoff or against teams in the playoffs, because then you can start to game plan and you can really start to like key in on matchups and start to kind of like take advantage of people or even just, you know, do what they've always done against Russ, let him shoot things like that. Like the Warriors have always (laughs) been like good at that, you know, credit to Ron Adams or whoever it is that, you know, is, is the main person behind the defense these days. They're like, they've always been really good at, at, you know, you can date it back to leaving Tony Allen open in, in the 2015 playoffs. Right. They've found those unique ways to kind of play with other offenses and get good results. So I think yeah. it'll be a good, good defensive year for them. Okay. So I have one more thing I want to talk to you about before I kind of switch gears and we just focus on like Memphis. Um, Andrew Wiggins, because I'm sure you see me defending him up and down <laughs> on Twitter. That's my guy. And, you know, it's so funny. Sometimes the way I defend positions, like even like his vaccine stance, which I don't want to get into, but I had people calling me like MAGA. And, um, you know, I'm just like, they're calling me anti-vaxxer. Meanwhile, I just got the booster yesterday. So um, it's amazing the conclusions that people will draw because you defend a stance. But like, I love Twitter. I'm a lawyer. It's my innate nature to just like defend <laughs> and not necessarily um, just like what's the popular stance. And so, um, you know, with Andrew Wiggins, I'm like, I think people think like I love him to death and I don't want him traded. And I think he's our best player. And I don't think any of those things. I, um, I'm really fine with us trading Wiggins if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um and I think Ben, I think Ben Simmons is the only person I'm just like, I can't get on board with. I've tried. I really have. Um, I just can't with him. But outside of him, I've been like, oh, oh, sure, Brad Beal. You know, um, some people are talking about uh, Brandon Ingram. I don't think that's actually a possibility. I remember last year it was, well, no, I think Lonzo Ball was like for Ubre, right? But I mean, I've really mm-hmm. been open to like a lot of the trade ideas that I've seen. Um what I don't like is like him being attacked like constantly, you know, um, like that layup, like it sucks that he missed that, but like that became like the story of the game. Mm-hmm. And he was like a plus 18 <laughs> that night. He had 17 points. I thought he was pretty good. Like I said, the guarding, you know, Fox. I mean, he had a solid night overall. They won the game. And I was seeing like Andrew Wiggins slander up and down my TL. And so I just, I, I don't agree with like the constant attacking of him. Like he cannot help what his contract value is, right? The Warriors knew yeah. that when they took him on, you know, I really am not a fan of saying someone is overpaid or they make too much money because we mm-hmm. all try to make the most money that we can. Get paid. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm really not a fan of saying statements like that, but in terms of what we think of a player who makes this kind of money does on the court, mm-hmm. I think we understand that he's probably not going to give that level of production, and the Warriors are okay with it. They seem mm-hmm. to be okay with it. They they traded for him knowing those things. Um, so I, I don't get like why he's attacked the way he, he is, and I, I don't need you to defend that stance or anything, but I, I am curious to know, what do you think are their chances with Andrew Wiggins? Like if we don't trade and he stays on the team, like what are, what are, do you think they still have a good chance or do you, are you that concerned about him that you really think they need to trade him? No, I, I don't think they need to trade him at all. To be honest, like um, I've been, 
you know, I've been pretty hard on him on Twitter. Um, and, and Twitter is just, I mean, you know, this as well as anyone, like Twitter is just an aggressive and unhealthy place. It's a jungle. And it's a jungle. <laughs> and you get such extreme opinions. And like yeah. Andrew Wiggins is like the epitome of this, because like I see your mentions when you say anything good about him. And it's just full of, of people who are convinced that he's the worst player in NBA history. And then on the flip side, I say something critical of him. And I just get quote tweeted for days about people <laughs> who think that like he's clearly better than Draymond Green, clearly can be <laughs> the second best player on a championship team. The Warriors would be crazy to consider trading him for anyone. Like it's just the the, the reactions they're just so extreme in one way or the other. Um, right. But with Wiggins, like first off, I think the thing that like not to sound pretentious and like I need to explain things to people but the thing that so many fans miss is that the Warriors are over the tax with Steph Clay and Draymond right like, but everybody else out there over the tax with those players so everyone who who comes with the line the Warriors need to trade Andrew Wiggins because he's overpaid and they should use that money on someone else you can't like trade him for nothing and you still have zero money that you can use to sign anyone else. Your only chance of using his money on someone else is if you trade him for someone else who's making a ton of money because otherwise you're just losing that potential salary spot. And that's been, like you said, the Warriors are finally playing it. That's, that's been the end game the whole time, right? Like right. they signed and trade for D'Angelo Russell and they did the people forget this. D'Angelo Russell, the trade offer that he got from, I think it was Minnesota at the time when he was thinking of signing with them, or maybe it was Phoenix. Now I can't remember. He got an offer that was like 5 million a year less than the max. And that's what he was going to sign. And then when the Warriors did the sign and trade for him, they pushed to have it be for the max because they knew that that is how you create a max contract salary space so that they could then trade him for potentially a different player who was making maximum amount of money, which they ended up doing with Wiggins. And now Wiggins is in that same spot where it's like, at worst, you're spending a lot of money on him. Okay. Who cares? You you're printing money. You're a $5 billion organization at worst. He has a maximum contract salary spot so that, if Bradley Beal is available, you can make that trade right. with relative ease and, and make it actually work out. Um, right. So, you know, from that standpoint, like, I don't think he's anywhere. I don't think he would get a contract from the Warriors that's anywhere close to what he's currently getting paid. Right. Um, but it just doesn't matter for them. All that matters is the player that he is because they can't use that money elsewhere. And he's, he's a totally fine starter. Um, I've been hard on him because I, I don't think he is anything special as a player. Um, I don't think that he is, you know, a guy that they should necessarily be building around. I think they should treat him as, you know, the way they treat a Kavon Looney where, Hey, it's good to have you, you on the team. Do you feel like they're building around him? Do I what? Do you feel like they're building around him? No, no, not at okay. all. Not at okay. all. But I think a lot of fans want them to, or. I've heard some I've heard some criticisms at you know at me that the Warriors should be treating him like a franchise player 
like the guy who they can keep building around. And, and it's going to be an interesting thing because he's going to be a free agent after next season. Right. And it'll be curious to see, I'll be curious to see what the Warriors do. Cause I think there's a chance that someone will offer him a huge amount of money. Really? It's still, you know, I don't think that a smart front office would necessarily do that, but you know, he scores 20 points per game. He plays good defense. I think there are a lot of kind of antiquated general managers out there that go, this is 20 points per game. We'll take it. I mean, look at the deal DeMar DeRozan just got like three years, 85 million. Right. I think. And he doesn't play any defense, but puts up, you know, 25 points a game or whatnot. And what kind of contract do you think he should have? Like how much should he be making a year? Wiggins? Yeah. Oof. This is hard because players just get, I'm like you, I don't like to say overpaid or anything like that, but players get like, you know, the market builds them up and they end up getting more than they probably, you know, wanted to be, or more than the GMs wanted to pay them. I think Wiggins should be- 20 million? I'd say like 15. 15? Okay. So if the Warriors choose to want to keep him after he leaves, we know that we know them. They're not going to offer him like a big. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the question for him will be at that time, especially if they've won, right? Cause that always changes yeah. things. Like if they won a chip or two, right. And he's a part of that. You don't necessarily want to lose it. Um, so I think the question for him will be like, and he does seem to really like, well, I don't know. He didn't seem to like. <laughs> he didn't seem to like that he thought the front office leaked things about his vaccine stuff. But yeah, he, this could have changed things. Right, but he does seem to really like the players and 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 staff and and the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we we just don't know because two years from well, and one more year after next. I mean, we just don't know what will be happening with everyone. But I guess the decision at that time would be if they decide they want to extend an offer to him, it's probably going to be less than like the max, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I guess it's for him is, do I want to stay here? Do I like it here enough to take like a discount or am I just going to go somewhere else and make more money, right? That's probably, if he hasn't been traded by that point. Yeah. And my guess is like, I would assume that the Warriors are a little bit tuned in to that, um, you know, conversations with him or conversations with his agent because I do think for the Warriors, you don't want to risk just having that contract expire and then he signs elsewhere and then you lose that ability to use that money on someone else. Like they, you know, they tried really hard to trade Ubre last year for that reason. It was was like, we're not going to resign him. If we don't trade him, then we're just letting that money expire. So I've, I've heard that they tried pretty hard, but that there was just like nothing there. Um, and that like, they weren't gonna, they weren't gonna just trade him to get rid of him because that's just as bad as letting him walk. Um, but I think the reality is like, he was having a bad year and he was an expiring contract. Like who was going to give them anything unless yeah, they were willing to like, like put it bodies and, salary and then figure it out. Yeah. Know. Like people, like there were all the, like you mentioned the rumors about Lonzo balls. Like why would, why would new Orleans trade Lonzo ball for half a season of Kelly Oubre who's then going to be a free agent like that's that's right. not in anyone's best interest so um I'll be curious to see like this off season or next year if there are more trade rumors around Wiggins because if the trade rumors start to kind of heat up more I would assume it's because the Warriors 
don't think that they're going to be re-signing him and they want to get something back before they get there. Um, But we haven't heard any of that yet. So um, hopefully it's not something that they're concerned about. Because you're right, it's always interesting with players like this. Like when when they reach free agency and they could probably get more money going elsewhere. Like, do they want to stick around in the place where they've seemed happy, where they're competing for a championship? Or do they want to go somewhere where not only are they going to make more money, but probably can get more shots. I mean, you know, Wiggins is very clearly the second option behind Curry. He, right now he might be the third option Sorry. behind Poole. Yeah. <laughs> and that's without Clay coming back, you yeah. know? And he's not ever going to get the defensive um, accolades that he probably thinks he deserves playing next to Draymond Green because Dre's always going to be the guy who's getting, you know, the majority of, of the acclaim there. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does. It'll be interesting to see what the team does. And I'm really curious to see what contract he gets, to be honest, whoever it comes from. So we are playing Memphis on Thursday. I'm pretty excited about that matchup. The rematch of the play-in. Right. That was a good game. As sad as that was, as rough of an ending as it was, it was a good game. It was. And I don't know. I kind of have like a sneaky suspicion Steph is going to go off just because I doubt that him or Dre like losing that game. So I expect to have a very locked in Steph and Dre. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ja is playing like on another level this year. This might be like his breakout yeah. year. Um definitely could have been a contender for Western Conference player of the week. Some people think that he got snubbed for it. Um, so what what do you think about the Grizzlies? Like, I mean, that matchup and how they match up with us and just in general, like, do you think they are going to be a playing team again? Do you think they lock up one of those six spots? Ooh, I think they could lock up one of the six spots, to be honest. Like, I think in a normal year, they would be a playing team again. Um, but just with the amount of issues in the Western Conference right now, just, you know, the amount of injuries, Jamal Murray, Kawhi Leonard, um, the Mavs look completely useless with Jason Kidd coaching them right now. Um, the Blazers, I just always have so many question marks about them. So I think the door is open for them. Like, I think they should be behind those teams in a normal year, but I think the door is open for them to, to sneak into the fifth or the sixth spot. Um, I think the play-in is probably more likely, but I definitely think they can contend for it. But they're a funny team because, like, I don't know about you, but when I think of the Grizzlies, I just always think of, like, the grit and grind Grizzlies. Yes, yes. like, I think of them as being, like, slow, bad offense, incredible defense, tough, and whatnot. And I was looking at, like, their net ratings today, and I think um, – I'm not sure what their official net rating is, but on their um, – on cleaning the glass, which is the site that eliminates the garbage time minutes. Yeah. They have the number 29 defense in the league and the number one offense. Oh my God. So they're just like completely flipped the script or at least early on. Oh, but Dylan Brooks is out, right? Yeah. He's in and out. So that, that hurts them. And you know, it's three games or whatnot. So that will obviously like stabilize here at some point. And they played, you know, they played the Lakers, they played the Clippers. They've played like some good offenses. So that probably hurts a bit, but um, you know, at least early on here, like that offense is so good. Um, and Morant just, he looks like an all-star Jaron Jackson jr. Is healthy and he is looking as good as, as I think a lot of people thought he was going to be before he started having some of the injuries 
and whatnot. And they're just a fun team. They're, they're still really, they're still as tough and as kind of gritty as the grit and grind Grizzlies, but now they're like fashionable also, you know, they're like, they're fun and they're, they're full of highlights and they got a lot of players who you just can't take your eyes off of on the court. So I think it's going to be a really fun game because I agree with you that Steph and Dre are, are really going to want to get that game back. Yeah. Um, and, and they just and, lost to the Lakers, which I kind of wish hadn't happened because they're not, I mean, I don't think any team ever wants to lose, but they're not going to want to <laughs> win. To yeah. They're not going to want to lose two in a row. So they're going to be, and of course they just like, he's coming, he's playing against staff. He's going to want to show out like, you know, it's just, I think it's going to be a tough game. They're good. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty good. And, they're really um, good. And they bring it every night. That, that yeah. is not a team that takes any off days. No, no. I mean, I don't know. Cause our schedule is sort of soft with like a handful of games sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, I know we have like the bulls. I want to say in early November, Charlotte, but I mean, I don't want to say like any, I I don't think any team is a gimme, but um, I think this is one of the harder teams we're facing in the near future. Yeah. And so I I expect that to be a a good game and to be close actually, probably down to the end. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to come down right to the end. And I think we're just, it seems like a game that's just destined to have Curry versus Morant just going at each other for like the final four minutes and just like fireworks must see TV. And so I think it'll, I think it'll be fun. It, I hope it, we get it. It's not on national TV or NBA. It's not on anything. So I was surprised. It's a league That's back. rude. Right. It's yeah. Very rude. Like it's like they Right. And the Warriors have like half of their games on national TV this year yeah. too. So that should have been one of them. Someone messed up there. Oh, okay. Well, how do you I just really quickly on like the standings, where do you see the Warriors finishing um, this season? Oh a lot higher than I had initially predicted. Um what changed I, your mind? Everything, honestly. Like so <laughs> we <laughs> yeah, I know that's bad, but um so we did like a predictions piece at SB Nation, like right before the preseason started. Um and we I predicted that the Warriors would finish sixth in the West. Um, Shame on you, Brady. I'm I know. I didn't read that. I, I know. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very embarrassed now. But so here was my reasoning, though, Nat. Like I okay. thought, I thought that they would be one of the like three, three or four best teams in the West at the end of the year and in the playoffs. Once Clay is back, um, once they've really found everything to click, I thought that they would need more time to get into it this year. I thought that, you know, the new additions would take a little bit longer to get set in. I thought Steph and Dre might kind of ease into the season a little bit after the way that last year ended and the team kind of seemed like the team kind of ran out of steam in the play-in games. I thought they might play a little bit more like they were pacing themselves. I didn't fully believe Steve Kerr when he said that they were going to um, chase wins this year. I thought there would still be a little bit um of trying to toe that developmental line which we haven't seen yet um but mostly just like I watched the first preseason game and I watched the way the ball moved and I thought I got this wrong they're (laughs) they're gonna be better than I thought like and I I always thought they would be really good at the end I just thought they would need more time to get there you know but like I, I literally in in like halfway through that first quarter 
I just haven't. Oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do so much, so much better than I thought. Um, so when you look at like the West with all their issues, because like I mentioned, you know, the Kawhi injury, Jamal Murray injury, Jason Kidd not seeming to know how to coach a basketball team, um, Chris Porzingis being horrible for that matter, um, and then I think you know even the other teams, the, the Suns as as good as they should be it's most likely that Chris Paul's is going to have some injury issues at some point during the season. Um, the Lakers not only have a lot of injury issues, but they just seem disjointed. Yeah. Um, like I think the Utah jazz might be the only team in the West right now that actually seems to be playing the way that you would expect them to play. And, and they're always a giant question mark anyway. So right. um, I, th- I think the Warriors, I, th- I think they're going to end up probably like the three seed right now. Yeah, I have them as a, a top seed. And it was me, not necessarily for the beginning of the season, but just me giving room for any kind of like issues that may arise. Like even though it seems silly, even working Clay back into the offense because yeah. we don't know what they're going to be like at that time and if they're going to be rolling and where pool is going to be at. And then you have to like figure that out. So um I just was giving them time for like whatever kind of issues that may arise but I still had them as like a top four seed um not necessarily four but just I thought they would have home court but I I do I think that they're going to finish with one of the the top three records in the league and I think one or two actually um they're they're off to a good start so far and um you know like I do think Lake teams like the Lakers are going to be good at the end but I think they're going to things and I think people didn't anticipate that for teams like that I mean and like you said the only team that really is still like continuity is Utah I mean Denver too but they're they're still missing mm-hmm. some you know people uh, notably Jamal really so like we have continuity something that we haven't had for a yeah. while and now you're only adding Clay. I mean well not that much continuity the core but like you, we added in a lot of pieces and they did pick it up really quickly, but then now you're adding playback who already knows the system and everything. So I think there's going to be a top seed. You know, my prediction is we're going to come out the West. We're definitely going to be in the Western conference finals. I don't see any less than that. And that's what I'm sticking with, but, um, I love it. you know, I, I, I have a very strong faith and belief in Stephen Curry. I have a really strong, yeah belief in this core of you know clay dre and Steph, and um i'm just really excited i'm so excited for the season i won't hold that number six against you <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say this there's a notable um media person who like is sort of a known warriors hater um or maybe he's a Steph hater i'm not sure but like <laughs> the preseason he like hit me up and he's like, okay, I wonder we were having a conversation about the Warriors and he was insistent. Like he thought like a six, two, he's like, you know, you're not one of the top teams in the West. I was like, we're absolutely one of the top teams. <laughs> They're going to be a contending team. Like, well, I don't even understand this. And so he like called me up and he's just like, I want to revise my statement. <laughs> Perfect. Loved it on the Warriors. He's like, I think you guys are going to be one of the top four teams, possibly top three. And I was like, yes, you know. So um, I'm glad to see people coming around. <laughs> that's that's always very like satisfying. 
that's, it is. That's it fun. is. Especially because you guys like write about it and follow it and definitely understand this game on a, on a deeper level than I do. So I'm always happy like when, <laughs> you know, like, you know, really smart people like aren't aligned with me. It feels good. <laughs> Um, Brady, this has been great. Like, I want to keep talking and talking, but I'm going to stop here. I have to have you back on again because so many more things I want to pick your brain about. And I know, know everyone would love to hear more from you. Let's do it now. Anytime. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a great rest of the day. And I will see you on the TL, of course. (laughs) You know it. Getting in some argument. (laughs) All right. Later, Brady. Bye, Nat. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.